Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, where each week, Dr. Frank Domino, along with his guests, translates today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. Now, broadcasting from the University of Massachusetts Medical School in Worcester, Mass., your host, Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Marilyn, a 45-year-old female, comes into your office today for an acute illness. Your medical assistant tells you, Marilyn says she usually gets sinusitis every winter and she isn't happy she has to come in just to get an antibiotic. She's in a bad mood. After entering the room and greeting Marilyn, you ask her what brought her in today. She states, I get a sinus infection every winter. You can see it in my chart. I get a cold, it turns into a sinus infection, and the antibiotic always helps. I can't afford to miss work just to come in here and get some pills. My kids are crazy and the boss is upset. She tells you she has had congestion for the last four to five days with a runny nose that is thick and green. She is coughing due to the junk running down the back of her throat. She has not gotten worse, but her symptoms are persisting. She denies fever, chills, and achiness, but is fatigued and has pain in her sinuses pointing to her cheeks. This is Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, and joining me today is Susan Feeney, Assistant Professor and Coordinator of the Family Nurse Practitioner Program at the University of Massachusetts Medical School Family Nurse Practitioner Program. Hi, Susan. Frank. So I have about 100 Marilyns in my practice. <laughs> Can you tell me, um, what, what's the deal with sinusitis? Can you go over some of the basics before we get into how to address Marilyn's issues? Sure. Um, and it's, as you say, this is such a common a problem in primary care. In fact, there, the estimate is about 30 million people a year are diagnosed with sinusitis. Remember, sinusitis just means inflammation of the sinuses. Uh, it's what's causing the sinusitis. And in, in the vast majority of cases, it's a viral infection, a rhinovirus, adenovirus, something like that. And it causes inflammation of the sinuses and parasinuses and nasal passages, and it's unpleasant. Um, but out of the people who complain of sinusitis from a viral, and 90% of people who have cold or viral illnesses will have a sinusitis presentation. Only 0.5 to 2% actually develop a bacterial infection. So the thing that is stunning is that, uh, what do you think the amount of people who get antibiotics? Probably 80 to 90%. Yeah, 84 to 91%. Wow. <laughs> you are amazing. That was a good guess. Yes, and they get antibiotics, and only 2% of people truly have it. So there's, there's clearly a disconnect, and what they've decided is it's patient expectation. It's um, confusion over guidelines. And it's probably also system problems with that we have short amount of time with people and it's easier to give them the antibiotic. So <laughs> <laughs> so, so there are things plotting against us. Yes. Are there any symptoms that we can use or any clinical evidence based upon our history and physical exam that'll help us determine who needs an antibiotic and who needs to just be treated symptomatically? Absolutely. Um, there are two major guidelines. There's the American Association of Otolaryngology and the Infectious Disease Society of America. And they both have guidelines. Um, and they're very similar as far as how to determine. They have a temporal measurement that you need to have symptoms for more than 10 days. Mm -hmm. And the symptoms need to be consistent. 
And the one guideline isn't quite as specific as the other. But for, for example, the IDSA has, has a set of symptoms. They have major symptoms are purulent drainage in the nose, nasal congestion or obstruction, facial congestion, fullness, facial pain or pressure, and difficulty with uh, smell. And then minor symptoms would be headache, ear pain, um, dental pain, bad breath, cough, fatigue, that kind of thing. And they're very specific about that you need one ma two major or a major and two minor. So the real key here is that we are doing our due diligence with diagnosis, is that we're not com people coming in with some facial pressure, some green drainage after four days and calling it a sinusitis. I, I, well, or it might be a sinusitis, but it's certainly not one that needs an antibiotic. Exactly. So exactly. 10 days plus really significant symptoms. Exactly, mm -hmm. and what's very interesting is the, um, European Society and the Canadian Society's uh, guidelines, along with the American uh, Association of Laryngologists, actually recommend a watchful waiting approach for people who meet this criteria, even at 10 days. Um, the otolaryngologists say that regardless of severity, we should have a uh, shared decision-making process where they wait for seven days before we decide to do an antibiotic if the person is willing because the statistics show that 70-80% of people will have their symptoms resolve. And this is the thing that people don't understand is they come in, they get an antibiotic, will they feel better? Well, yes, because that's a normal progression of that, even if it is a bacterial infection. Mm -hmm. um, so it's um, the IDSA has not embraced the watchful waiting, but they have a little more stringent diagnostic criteria. Well, Marilyn's been sick for four to five days. What can we give her to do between now and the 10-day cutoff? Well, what I usually tell people is I say, look, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is you don't need an antibiotic, and I tell them why that's good. And the bad news is, is you have a viral infection and inflammation in your sinuses, so we have some work to do. So there are some things they can do. Both, all the um, guidelines recommend uh, saline irrigation. So they can use a neti pot as long as it's cleaned. They can use um, saline nasal spray. And I always tell people, once you've used it for an illness, throw it out, get a new <laughs> one, because it's a nice little Petri dish. Um, they can actually go into the shower and, and you know suck up some, some water in mm. their, from their hand. So nasal irrigation is really important. Um, they can, um, and the other thing that's very important is they're finding that uh, steroid nasal spray can be very effective in that it, it, you know, remember there's a latency, takes maybe five days before you get a real reaction or a, or a therapeutic effect, but it affects, it helps the sinuses be less inflamed, it, you, it reduces some of the mucus because of the inflammation, it's not a mucolytic, but it reduces that. And, um, and if there's an allergic rhinitis component, which many people who do have chronic sinus com complaints will have a baseline allergic rhinitis that goes on. If they start this and use it over a length of time, they may actually reduce the frequency of their sinusitis. Okay, so um, it sounds like sinus irrigation is important yes. with saline or just plain water, um, possibly a steroid nasal spray. Um, any other uh, non-antibiotic treatments we should recommend? Well, they do recommend acetaminophen or ibuprofen for pain control because really people want to feel better. Right. And, and, and an NSAID is going to help if they can take it, um, if they don't have any other contraindications, that will help with some of the edema that they have in their sinuses and with the pain. Um, interesting about decongestants, the, um, the otolaryngologists recommend that you can use them with caution. 
um, that you can use the oral, and remember they're alpha adrenergic agonists, so people with hypertension can't have them. And they actually recommend the topical, uh, but being careful for rebound. And sure. they say no more than five days. I usually caution for a lot less than yeah, that, three uh, like three days. But they said five days in their, in their guideline. But the IDSA does not mention the, um, this, the uh, alpha-adrenergic agonists, the decongestants. They, um, they do not recommend oral steroids. Either, either any of the organizations. They said there's no place for that here. All right, so nasal irrigation, topical or oral possibly decongestants, uh, pain control, anti-inflammatory use. Let's say Marilyn's gone now, it's 11, 12 days, and she's just really annoyed. If we're gonna give her an antibiotic, what should we be using? Well, we need to think about a couple of things. We need to think about the pathogens. We need to think about uh, the risk of resistance, that, this, that one of these strains might have a resistance. And then what's the risk of treatment failure for Maryland? Like if we choose the wrong antibiotic, what's her risk for a bad outcome? So um, usually it's strep pneumo, mothless influenza, and moraxella cateralis are the three biggies. So we need a gram positive, gram negative. Um, and most, both guidelines recommend amoxicillin with clavulanate. IDSA says that as the first line, and the otolaryngologist said you can you go uh, three grams a day of amoxicillin, add, adding clavulanate if they are smokers because of the risk of, of haemophilus influenza resistance. So you would start with that. If they had a penicillin allergy, doxycycline. Um, and then um, if there is failure on that, and if you fail on that antibiotic, the assumption is you have a resistance strain, either a drug-resistant strep pneumo, then um, the, the, the IDSA says you look at three to five days for treatment failure. If they're not improved, you would go to a bigger gun, either a higher dose of moxicillin or one of the fluoroquinolones like moxifloxacin or levofloxacin, where the, um, the otolaryngologists say go seven days before you assess for failure because they say that most people aren't going to feel moderate. Only 30 to 40 people actually feel significant improvement within three to five days. So what it means is we need to assess people. So I think, I think your points are wonderful. Treat preventatively, treat topically, treat um, conservatively, and save your, your big treatment if symptoms persist for more than 10 days. And um, in this case, um, something like amoxicillin clavulanate or doxycycline are the drugs of choice where macrolides, which people commonly ask for, are not. No. Uh, Susan, thanks for bringing this case forward. This is great information, especially this time of year. You're welcome. Practice pointer. Until patients have had symptoms of sinus infection for more than 10 days, use conservative measures like nasal irrigation, possibly topical decongestants, and pain control with NSAIDs or acetaminophen. And when you do make a diagnosis and treatment of acute sinusitis that needs antibiotics, consider amoxicillin clavulanate or doxycycline. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. For more information about the article referenced in today's episode, look under the resources section of the episode landing page. Need help reaching your CME credit goal this year? If so, please browse the more than 300 free CME accredited activities now available on PrimeMed.com. Thank you again for listening.